Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. And today we're here with Ishveen Anand, who is the founder of OpenSponsorship.com. I am extremely excited for this interview because Ishveen really has a unique business model. And we were just talking about this before the interview. I mean, they've basically taken and what's traditionally like a, a traditional non-digital business and digitized it and made it into a really big thriving brand. So if you're unfamiliar with open sponsorship, really what they're doing is they're matching brands and agencies with professional athletes. I mean, I was just looking on their site and we're seeing people like LeBron James on there, right? So these guys really know what they're doing when it comes to brand marketing and influencer marketing. So today we're going to be talking about that in context with the digital sector. So um, Ishveen, let's say what's up to everybody and then we'll move on with the interview. Hi guys, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ishveen, so my, my first question for you is, why sports sponsorship? I mean, influencer sponsorship in general is one that, I mean, there's a huge argument online right now if it even works or if it's just total vanity metrics, but how have you seen like an ROI happening for people in the sports industry? Yeah, so I suppose um, we have to take a step back. So why sports, uh, well, why sponsorship goes to why sports and why sports is like, what, what the hell am I doing here? Um, so I grew up playing like sports all my life, essentially. I was a student athlete. Um, I studied at Oxford. I was a student athlete there. And then, you know, like many people kind of went into a, a normal career path. I was a management consultant and then realized my heartstrings are in sports. So I actually fell into sponsorship. But once I did, I just thought, what a wonderful form of marketing. Um, you know, I'm sure we've all been watching a sports game and you see like a brand association or an ad and you just think like how cool or even how crass, but it's noticeable. Um, and so I just thought like how amazing that you could like buy your way onto the field of play or like leverage like a thing that everyone loves. And on the flip side, like you know, for athletes, teams, events, like sponsorship is a, a really um, important source of revenue. So it's actually really important to, to make kind of get dollars. And, but, you know, fast forward, I just thought the whole process of finding sponsors, like doing those deals was really archaic. And hence I started the company. Um, on the influencer bit, actually, what's interesting is um, we didn't discuss this, but for the first I'd say, so I've been doing this about five years, but the first year, anyone that said influencer marketing to me, I was like, absolutely not. This is sponsorship. We've been around for decades. Like Michael Jordan is not an influencer. He's an athlete. You know, like I, I was like really anti like the influencer marketing and, and like everything it, it meant. Um, and then what I realized is, well, okay, A, this is a bit of inevitability. And, you know, as any good founder should, you should adapt to what what's kind of the consensus. And, and B, I was like, okay, well, what's interesting about the influencer space is, um, the reason why it's influence marketing is because of the big focus on digital. And I'd say that's where sports was really lagging. Um, you know, even when I started the company, I was thinking we were going to do like logo patches for golfers. I mean, through a website, but still like old school appearances. And then when I started looking into it, I was like, actually, the social thing is interesting. It's very accessible. Um, you know, the idea that an athlete could come on your podcast and it shouldn't be a one-year deal with exclusivity that's going to cost you six figures. It should be, 
it should be what it is. It should cost you a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand dollars, um, one off, you know, rights to use it, whatever else. And so what I really embraced from the influence world was the fact that like deals could be shorter, sweeter, more tactical, more relevant. Um, but I still stick to the fact that like sponsorship and athletes are not true. They're not just influential, but there's like more to them that, you know, there's an argument we could have. <laughs> well, and I, I would actually completely agree with you because I, I am actually in that boat where I feel like influencer marketing can be very um, vanity metrics, right? It's, it's a lot of, oh, they have a million followers, right? We've literally worked with companies or influencers who have a million followers and they can't make a single sale. And it's, it's like, I mean, it, it can just be a vanity metric, but I think I would agree with you where an athlete is the type of person, but they also have national and international coverage of them that they're not even providing, right? Let alone the fact that they have their own social media channels or what have you. So I love that. So, you know, when you, when you get into sports sponsorship, what's really, I mean, the big difference then with, with getting a sponsorship versus doing, doing an influencer campaign? Um, you know, I'd say, I would still say that the same learnings apply to influencer marketing, but more so to athletes. I'd say the idea of um, sponsorship is that I am going to pay you either in product or in uh, money or, or, you know, in services. And I'm going to get from you assets that I'm going to use. And so um, influencer mark, you know, there's a big thing in sponsorship where like, if you spend X on the sponsorship, you should spend about two X on activating that sponsorship. That's how we think in like the, you know, the, the traditional like stadium world. And I would say like the same comes to sponsorship and it's not about spending, but the whole point being is if let's say, Josh, let's say you got, you used ours to get an athlete to come on your podcast. So you do your usual things, like maybe they would give you a shout out and say, hey, yeah, I'm going to be tuning in, you know, the same way that I, I would do for you. But now what more can you do with the fact that it's an athlete? Now with an influencer, find their million followers might know them, but the chances are if you don't follow them, you actually have no idea who they are. Whereas with an athlete, like just being able to say like, hey, I have an Olympian coming on next week to get the name or these are lessons I got or whatever else. And so I think like that whole idea of the amplification around because there's more to the athlete than just who they're following is. That's what I would say is like most important. Yeah. I love that. Great explanation. So well, one of my next questions for you, and I kind of want to bring this back to layman's terms, right? So if you've never done an influencer campaign or sponsored anybody, what, what does an influencer campaign or a sports sponsorship actually look like? If I'm an agent who says, hey, I want to partner, an agency that wants to partner with LeBron James, what does that look like? Yeah. So essentially what we say is there's, there's deliverables, right, with, with the deal. So on one side, you've got what are you offering? And on the other side, what are you getting? And then the third bit is like terms and conditions. So obviously, what are you offering? We kind of discussed that cash, product, royalty, equity, are the kind of four things that you could offer. Cash is king, product next, royalty, equity, kind of dependent on who you are. Then the second would be, what am I getting from you? So, you know, we've talked about social, right? So even within that, like 
in feed versus story. And I think that's what trumps a lot of people. Like it's so complicated to think through, like, should I do Instagram? Should I do t Twitter? Should I do YouTube? Should I do TikTok? Um, should I get a video or an image? And um, what I would say um, on the social piece very quickly is do what works for you as a company. Like if you as a company you put a lot of like videos up, which Josh, I can imagine you probably use a lot of videos and you talking, then suddenly if you get an image of someone, even if they're super famous, like your, your, your audience doesn't respond to that. And so like do what works for you, don't worry about them. Like if, if YouTube is your channel, find someone who's decent on YouTube, don't just go for them because they're big on Instagram because that's not where your customer lives, that's not where your ecosystem lives. So that's quickly on social. Other things are appearances. So social is probably 70% of our deals have, no, 90% of our deals have a social component, 70% only have social. So that's how big it is today, even for us. Um, the other 30%, I would say, make up appearances, which today, virtual or in-person. Now, appearances could be you know, I know that we have a lot of local um, businesses listening to this and maybe they do radio ads because they're inexpensive. Imagine getting like a, a, a local NFL player to do the voiceover of your radio ad. You know, like, hey, I'm, you know, Terrell Owens, obviously a bit more expensive, but I'm Terrell Owens. Like, you should definitely use local X to do this for me. Um, and why not kind of like quick description. So appearances can be like voiceovers, they can be appearances, they could be um, customer meet and greets, they could even be like sales gets togethers. So we've actually pitched this before where, you know, let's say you're a product and you have a meeting with Walmart. Do you think it would be helpful to maybe have an athlete attend that meeting? Like maybe. So like, could you find someone who's local to, you know, the, the market? So appearances. Third is like um, logo placement on got, like caps and um, shirts, a little NASCAR, a little bit less so. I'd say fourth deliverable that's like kind of comes free with any of them is like testimonials and feedback. So super big, right? Like even the idea that you can get them to give you a quote that you put on your website, even saying, hey, like go to Amazon and do it. Or, you know, we've worked with uh, people who publish books and, you know, you could give the athlete like a coupon code to buy the book. And then afterwards they're a verified buyer and like write a review. Um, so like testimonials, feedback, and I, I think that's it. I might be missing other things, but like those are the main ones. That should give you enough to actually launch it. <laughs> launch it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Perfect. I love it. Well, yeah. So if you were, let's, let's just kind of put it into a scenario here. Let's say you are a digital marketing agency and you're looking to branch into, um, let's just say Facebook ads for real estate agents. Would this be something that would benefit them? And, and how would you structure a campaign for them? Yeah. So we love working with agencies. Um, and the main reason why is because a lot of times like the agency really understands like what is success and their only job is to deliver it. And I think that is number one starting point for a successful campaign um, because then you can ask for the right thing. So definitely love working with the agencies. So let's say the real estate one. So you're obviously very focused on the local market. So I would say athletes are great for that. And I always use this um, example where I say like anyone who's famous, if they're famous enough, apart from athletes, they move to New York or LA, like hands down. Like why would they live anywhere else? Whereas athletes, when they're active, they have to live where their, you know, their team is. And then when they're retired, a lot of times 
you know, they're not used to the, the big lights of New York and LA. So they stay in Buffalo or Pittsburgh or Ohio, or wherever else. And so love athletes for local. Um, so let's say digital agency doing Facebook. So I think the most interesting thing is probably not the followers of the athlete. That can be interesting. And we have amazing data on which athletes have got following and which, by state, by gender, by location. So like definitely anyone who's interested, check it out. It's all free on our platform. But what I would say is I think what's most interesting is the content that you can get. And I think content from athletes or influencers generally is probably the most underrated thing because we tend to think of content as being free. Like, oh, I have an intern and they'll get a stock image and, you know, we'll use it. But good content costs money. And so I would say like having an athlete, you know, even now the, the thing is you want it to be authentic, right? Which is you know, first time I've mentioned the word, but it's something that I think is really important. So, you know, how do you find an authentic um, way to incorporate the athlete into the ad? And so, you know, if the budget is big enough, I would probably try and do like a bit of a photo shoot with the athlete, right? Like maybe walking through the streets of the neighborhood being, you know, having or, or even what could be really cool is now, again, like, let's go back to um, what are you trying to show now? If the estate, the real estate company you're trying to show is I'm super reputable and knowledgeable, then maybe you want to record a Q&A with the athlete where they could ask questions like, hey, I'm going to buy my third house. Like, what would you suggest? And you could show off knowledge. If what you want to show is elitism, like this person has like the best, like the shiniest houses on the market, then maybe you have an athlete doing something like an MTV crib session, right? To give this illusion like, hey, you can get a house like this with this agent. Um, so I think like you want to look at like the vibe of the content and then figure out how do I insert the athlete um, into, into that as well. Does that help? Yes, absolutely. I love that. And, and I mean, really, if you're, if you're thinking about this, you know, using this strategy in your company, there's, like you said, there's really an unlimited amount of campaigns or, or different options of campaigns that you could run. I mean, it's the same way with influencers, right? But what I love about it, what you're saying is you don't, you don't always have to rely on the fact that they have a following on social media, right? It can just be the fact that they have a reputable name, right? And that's, that is really cool about um, athletes. I've never really thought about that personally. So love yeah, that. I would actually, um, I'd actually say sometimes you'll, you'll notice this now when you're flicking through like a magazine, um, you'll often see that they'll have like a celebrity and on the bottom, they'll actually write down like Emmy award winning and put their name or like PGA golfer put their name. And I think it's like, not even the name. It's the fact that like you can associate yourself, like yourself with like NFL, NBA or like whichever league it may be. And I think that's, what's really powerful is like, if it's an influencer, like no offense to influencers, but what are you going to say? Like has a million followers? Like, yeah. that, I mean, that's <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, and you can, and there are a lot like beauty influencer X, but, how much cooler to say like Olympian or, you know, USA, whatever, um, as well. Yes. Love that. That is cool. Well, and you know, we're already, we're tearing through time here. So I want to, I want to ask you a question about, um, where you would recommend people should start if they want to come into, um, into the sports sponsorship world. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, people do sometimes think like, oh, I'll start really small. And if it works, I'll scale up. And 
that does work on like platforms like Facebook and Google, but, but it's tough in our world because there is a little bit of like what you pay, what, what you pay for is what you get. And so I would say if you, if all you want is like the ability to get someone to promote you, you can do that. I mean, on our site, you can do free product. Like, you know, if you're a services company, like, Hey, I'm looking for athletes who, you know, uh, want to get their tax returns done for free. I can do that for you. Right. Um, or, but the quality of athletes you're going to get who are going to do stuff for free is, you know, limited, let's say less than 20,000 followers. So what I would say is then it scales up pretty effectively where, you know, $500 will get you something up to a hundred thousand, no, sorry, like 50,000, you know, $5,000 will get you something in the like $300,000 range, sorry, 300,000 follower range. So what I would say is like, if you can muster up the courage to spend like, you know, three and a half to 5k, it can get you someone fairly decent. And I think you'll see a better return than and starting with $100 and, and using that as your basis as a test. Love that. And, and I, I would agree with you on that because the problem that you that most people have when they when they try to market a business in general is like, how can I how can I do this for free? Right? What's the cheapest way that I can do this? But I mean, you're going to put in the same amount of work for getting in front of a 1000 people as you are a million people. And so what you're talking about is saying, hey, be willing to spend that amount of money, you know, three to $5,000 is kind of a joke when it comes to marketing, it's a very low amount, spend three to $5,000 for a chance to be in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, and have yeah. a great name to, to leverage. So I love that. And I think the other reason for that is because I going back to the point of what, what I said, like, was important and different about sponsorship is like, let's say, you work with an athlete and then you they're a decent name you can probably put out a press release right right? or get someone you know like a local like we actually did a very cool campaign with new york government um around like um um emergency management and they what their deliverable included pr so the fact that like local reporters could speak to the app, this baseball player about like opportunities. And so, you know, like, do you have friends who are like local reporters or even, you know, messaging you and saying, Hey, Josh, I've got this athlete. I've got this deliverable from them to come on the podcast. If I bring them on your podcast, will you give me a shout out? So I think when you use a bigger name, you can leverage that name just that little bit more, um, whether it's PR or more email clicks or on your website, it's more impressive. So, it, you know, you do get the, the return for it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, and you know, I, I have one final question about the sponsorship realm too. So, and, and this is something we talked about before the interview. I mean, there's not um, really an average of what you're going to make from a campaign, right? There's no guarantees for what you're going to make from an influencer campaign, but what are some of the metrics that you measure and that, that you um, track to, to say, Hey, like, this campaign was actually successful. Yeah, it's a great question. I'd say, um, obviously engagement seems to be a very popular one. It's something that we show, right? So likes, comments, shares on uh, on Instagram, which is our primary channel. Um, if it's story insights, clicks and things like that. Um, we do have partnerships with like affiliate sites. So some people will give like a tracking link and, you know, feedback to, um, actual sales. I'd say I encourage the idea that like, did you just get like good content that you can repurpose? Um, and then we have like some qualitative things like the athlete giving you a five-star review, because that means like, you know, this is potentially a customer for you and a pretty powerful customer. So 
have you just like introduced your brand to someone who's going to talk about you? So I think there's like a lot of different things that you can measure, but obviously that one of the obvious ones is like social media engagement. Love that. Well, and, and I would hope that everybody listening to this has been taking notes because this, this type of, of marketing is one that kind of intimidates a lot of people, but you've just simplified it to the point that you could do this even if you have no money to, to do it, right? Start leveraging other people's people, right? The OPP or the OPM, right? <laughs> so, Ishveen, um, I want to ask you one final question. Um, first off, where can people connect with you? Yeah. Uh, check us out, opensponsorship.com. And uh, for you, Josh, they can all drop me an email, um, ishveen at opensponsorship.com. Love that. Thank you so much. Very few people actually offer their personal um, information. So make sure you go check that out. I'll be linking all of that in the description of the show as well. And Ishveen, I want to ask you, if you could have one, one final parting piece of guidance for our audience and say, hey, this is, if you could only get one thing out of this interview, what would you hope that would be? Um, that's a great one. So I think spending on marketing is really important. Brand building. I won't even say marketing. I'd say brand building differentiation. I mean, we, we all, we all have competition and we all have to differentiate from competition. And I personally do think like athletes, sports, sports sponsorship. I mean, we mostly talked about athletes, but you know, thing that we're advancing into is like team and events or like other types of sponsorship. I think like it's a great way to have someone else shout your praises. It's like the best, you know, that, that. So I would say like, you know, if you work with us, great, but if not really do think about like, what are your own differentiating factors and how can you make sure they come across so that you're not just like looking at other people and doing the same thing they're doing. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan Podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows, and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.